How's that for a playoff preview, potentially, as the Wild pick up a 4-2 win over the Colorado Avalanche? We are breaking down all of the action on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Minnesota Wild pick up a 4-2 win over the Colorado Avalanche to maintain their hold on first place. We are breaking down all the action on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Seth Topol joined by Kevin Gorg. What a game. I mean, it was just two heavyweights going toe-to-toe, and uh, the Wild come out on top in this one. But it's a lot of what we've seen from this team pretty much all season. They grab an early lead. They weather a storm late, and they're able to uh, to cash in on an empty net goal. Just just the Wild executing their formula here tonight. Yeah, I like that they played physical, Seth. I like they came up with some grit. They uh, they really, for the first two periods, I thought, owned the middle of the rink, which is not easy to do against that skilled, speedy team that the Avalanche have. And, yeah, in the third period, the Avalanche tilted the ice. There was a power play or two. Um, you knew they were going to come out and play with some desperation, but the Wild played a smart period for the most part. That call at the end of the game was unfortunate. Very difficult call for that official. He missed it. That happens. Freddie Goudreau takes advantage of that with his second shorthanded goal to the open net, but you got great goaltending. Um, you, you played a game where I thought a lot of your role players had big games, and I'll start with Sam Steele. I thought he might have been uh, one of their very best players. I mentioned Freddie Goudreau's name. A lot of guys that we haven't talked about a lot lately that stepped up because, you know, the Boldy line was good, but, you know, they weren't as dominant as we've seen them. And that happens when you play a team like Colorado. And you look at, you know, that second line just continuing to play the way that they have. Amazing feed from Jewel Erickson Eck to Marcus Johansson for the first goal. And after that point, it's like, all right, game on. And the Wild just, they, they brought it all night. You could feel it just watching the game uh, on the TNT broadcast. You could feel the intensity in the game. More importantly, you could see on the faces of the Wild players and their coaches how much this game meant to them. And I think on the flip side, same thing for Colorado. But going back to where the Wild are right now and what they've done since the middle of February in these last 21 games, I I don't know the answer to this question, but I wonder how much confidence you get when you're in first place and you're playing in Colorado's house without your very best player and you go out there and take their their absolute best shot, and they're the second favorite to win the Stanley Cup, and you walk out with a win. This has to make a serious difference for the Wild paging forward. And they knew it already, uh, but this this tells everybody that that's out there that this team absolutely can be a cup contender. Long way to get there, uh, but, boy, they put themselves in a great spot here. 100%. And they mentioned it during the game and you're never going to be comfortable playing the Colorado Avalanche, but uh, they mentioned that it seemed like the Wild were comfortable with what the Avalanche brought to the table. And in previous years, you may get overwhelmed by everything that they bring with their speed, and it just it felt like the Wild tonight were ready to, uh, to match that, and they, they were able to do it. Well, last year's team had some magic, but I think – if you look at how to beat Colorado and for sure the path to, to Lord Stanley's Cup in the Western Conference goes through Denver, you don't beat them by outscoring that team. You're not going to beat them 6-5. If you play that type of game, you're going to get beat. You beat them with defense, goaltending, and physical play. 
The Wild can skate. The Wild have speed. This isn't Jacques Lemaire from 20-plus years ago, but it's still a team that has to play a smart, sound game to win, and they showed that tonight on the road. They got the great goaltending. They got the special teams. They were physical. They played a smart hockey game. That is the template. That's the recipe for teams out there to try to beat Colorado. You will not outscore the Avalanche at any point in the postseason, but you can defend and you can hit them, and when you do that, good things can happen. Obviously, the Wilds shorthanded before the game. Ryan Reeves not able to go. Brandon Duhame sick. And so the Wild went with the 11-7 format. But, Kevin, I wanted to get your opinion on this because it's something that kind of popped into my head during the game. Is that a style that you're maybe more comfortable playing with Philip Gustafson because he's a goalie that's more likely to ice the puck more frequently, and therefore you don't have guys playing those extended stretches as much as you would with, say, Marc-Andre Fleury? It's a great take. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury is more of a riverboat gambler. He moves around that net, but to your point, there are some rebounds there that can sustain a forecheck, and you get body strapped out there, you get fatigued. Where with Gustafson, if he can see it and stop it, he normally eats the puck. You get far more face-offs, far more stoppages of play. You can get fresh bodies on the ice, so you can get away with maybe having that one less forward, double-shifting some players like Ryan Hartman in some key spots late in the game, Sam Steele. I thought the coaching staff uh, certainly put some thought into that. And knowing that we've had some conversations with Dean Evison here in the last couple of weeks, he absolutely feels like having these two goalies that play this you know completely different style of game can be an asset in a playoff series. So we'll see how that plays out. But it certainly factored into that decision tonight. And you're watching a young goalie, you know, his journey this year takes significant steps. And tonight was another one of those steps, Seth. This is a playoff atmosphere. This is a high-pressure game where you felt how much it mattered playing for first place against the defending Stanley Cup champions. And he goes out there and plays a game like that. And I understand that he doesn't have any playoff experience, and the guy next to him has three cups and will be in the Hall of Fame. But that game tonight, more than anything else, was a statement for Philip Gustafson saying, if and when you need me come postseason, I can handle the heat. Kevin, you talked about special teams, and tonight, especially for the penalty kill, it, uh, and we'll talk about the power play here in a second, but penalty kill, it felt like really understood the challenge going into this game against this Avalanche team with the weapons that they have. I mean, that Avalanche power play could barely get anything going. They were rushed when they even were able to hold the zone, but there were a couple of power plays, too, where they were barely able to uh, to crack the blue line. You look at their power play, and I'm telling you, it's scary. Now, I wasn't watching ice level tonight because it was national TV, but I've watched them up close. Look at Kale McCarr and how he can control the play up top. You look at Nathan McKinnon, the way he can do things behind that goal line, and you look at Miko Rantanen, one of the best snipers in the game, and you know I think you make a, a really cool statement here to what the kill was able to do. This was one of the off-season adjustments that Bill Guerin asked Dean Evanson and his coaching staff to make. It was a major point of emphasis. They felt like their penalty kill, especially late in the year, into the playoffs, let them down last year, and they needed to make a change. Last year, they sat back a lot more. This year, they've been a heck of a lot more aggressive. And when you factor in the play they're getting from some of the guys in that penalty kill, I'm talking Connor Dewar, Mason Shaw, Freddie Gaudreau, pick out your defenseman, but you know the top four. These are guys that are having huge years, and tonight's the ultimate test, and it was a difference maker in this game, no doubt. 
Freddie Goudreau with the two goals tonight, a guy who you look back and what he's been able to do over the last couple of years, maybe flying under the radar a little bit with a career high in goals this year, but doing everything that he's done over the last couple of years, what a move that was by Bill Guerin to go out and get him a couple years ago. And another player that Bill Guerin had a relationship with in Pittsburgh and knew the backstory, knew that Dean Evison had coached him in Milwaukee, knew that he was the type of guy that fit perfectly into Everson's system. And you've seen him blossom as a player with this organization. And when you think of the wild, you don't think of him off the top of your head, but think of the minute Seth that he plays and when he plays, he's out there in every single penalty kill situation, every big shift late in the period, it's going to be him or Jewel Erickson that are taking a defensive zone face off and late in the game, when you're down six on four, who's going to make a big play to ice the game. It's Freddie Gaudreau. So yeah, I can tell you, um, if Dean Evison, he will never admit to this, but if Dean Evison was forced to tell us right now who his favorite player is in this hockey team, it's Freddie Goudreau. And you see tonight what makes him such a special guy. Like he doesn't need any accolades. He just competes his butt off. And on nights like tonight, he made a huge difference in this hockey game. Yeah, he was uh, he was the difference with the two goals as the Wild pick up a 4-2 to two win here tonight. Kevin, we'll talk a little bit about the power play and tee things up for the home and home with Vegas starting on Saturday. A couple days for the Wild to just rest up after this one. Uh, a very physical game, but a fun one as the Wilds pick up a 4-2 to win. We'll continue to break the action down on tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast after a word from our sponsor, which for tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast is the official sports betting partner of Locked On, FanDuel Sportsbook. The NCAA tournament is nearing the final few games. There is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads, to which team will be the one cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Continuing tonight's Locked on Wild postcast as the Wilds pick up a 4-2 to win. Over the Colorado Avalanche, they maintain their hold on first place with a couple of big games coming up against the Vegas Golden Knights. Kevin, I I liked what we saw from the power play tonight, even though they weren't able to come away with uh, with any goals. Um, good movements, and if not for a Devontae's batted puck out of the air, you maybe end up getting one. Yeah, I think without Kirill Kaprizov on the power play right now, the challenge is to be more simple. Dean Evison's talked about it uh, a couple of different times with us. You know, let's just get the puck in that. Let's get some traffic. And I thought uh, they did a great job on the power play tonight of just keeping it real simple. Klingberg set the tone out high. X set the tone in front of that blue paint. And they didn't get cute. And you can afford to get cute when 97's roaming around out there, but it's a different looking power play with Kaprizov on the shelf. And I thought they were extraordinarily smart in the way they handle it because you've got to respect Colorado's speed on that penalty kill. So put some pressure on them. They don't want to play a physical game. You got Eck in front of that net, throw that puck to the cage. And they were aggressive. There was one power play sequence to your point where they got four 
shots on goal within a 45 second uh, stanchion on that power play. And, and that puts pressure on the penalty kill that fatigues killers. That makes the defenseman defend and defend with physical play in front of that net. And, and I think, again, you didn't score a goal, but I thought that paid some dividends. They scored a little bit after one of those power plays on a nice play. So no, th- this is a team right now that's playing at, at the highest level. They're playing smart hockey. And now just the confidence they're getting day by day with you know wins like tonight. Um, it's really exciting because you're doing it at the right time of the year too. And it sounds like some reinforcements are getting closer. Uh, I know Gustav Nyquist traveling with the team. Kirill Kaprizov, from the sounds of it, is going to begin skating here this week. So those guys, as the team continues to find ways to pick up wins, you got two other guys that are going to be uh, joining the ranks here soon. Yeah, and I think, you know, right now it puts a lot of pressure on um, Dean Everson's coaching staff to make good choices with who they put out there. And what I think really gets interesting now when nights like tonight is the way that Sam Steele played. Um, he kind of gets overlooked a lot. And, you know, tonight he showed that, you know, if, if these players come back, it's not absolutely for certain that he's coming out. And I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday because it does sound like Reeves is back. And you think, you know, with a couple days now between Colorado and that game in Vegas that Duhame could be healthy, he could shake off whatever he's got. Um, I don't know how you take Sam Steele out of the lineup after a game like that. He played a hell of a hockey game tonight. But these are good decisions to have. You know, the, the coaching staff has talked about that competition, not just for ice time, but that competition to get on the ice. Bill Guerin's built a team now that has a couple extra defensemen, that has three extra forwards when they're healthy. And so when guys like Sam Steele play a game like tonight, they know they're going to play with their hairs on fire because this is their chance to show the coaching staff, I belong. And so for players like Shaw and Dewar and Reeves, when he gets back, who's also been on a run, Everybody gets better because no matter who you are, you're looking over your shoulder. You've got great players waiting in the wings. And, you know, let's face it. If this team is going to finish strong here and and make a run through the playoffs, there's going to be the need for that depth. It's a, a war of attrition when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's physically grueling. There'll be injuries. And it's nice that this team right now is getting healthy and can lean on some of that depth within these series. And I just think, you know, been doing this for a long time, 17 years now covering this hockey team. We've had some really good teams and some really good runs late in the year to get up to playoff speed, but this team looks as ready as anyone I've covered. Vegas coming up on Saturday in Vegas, and it's a team that the Wild are going to be eager to get some revenge on for what they did at XL Energy Center earlier in the season. But a lot of it stems from what we just saw in tonight's game is the Wild just need to play that smart road style they've played all season. And if they do that, if they keep the penalties down low, if they challenge the opposing goaltender, whoever it may be, that's the formula for them to win. And it's it's no different, no matter if they're going on the road to play Nashville at the end of the year or Vegas on Saturday, just go to a team's home building and, uh, and play your style and come away with a win. Yeah, and, and I think you make a great point because they remember that game. Uh, that was the closed-door meeting that had to happen. And Bill Guerin talked about this last week, saying that not just the coaches, not just the players, he was in there, and he said it, it was very constructive. And I remember that game against Vegas because we had played in Dallas the night before, and, and Dallas played a terrific game. The Wild were on the short end of that game. They came home long flight, got home late, and really never looked themselves. 
against Vegas in that home game. Got beat 5-1, wasn't even that close, frankly. Uh, then they played Colorado, and even though they lost that hockey game, they outshot the Avalanche 43-18. They were dominant through stretches. Now the Avalanche were banged up at that time, but the point was the Wild turned the corner, and that team meeting seemed to make a difference. Well, they remember why those doors were closed. They got their butts beat 5-1 in their home ice, so they'll remember that, and they know they've got a home-and-home home here against Vegas that really matters because even though you've got a three-point lead, uh, you've got Dallas and Colorado with much softer schedules, especially here in the next six or eight days. The wild schedule softens up late, but between now and that last week, these are going to be tough, tough games. And so huge opportunity to build off what you did tonight. I love, Seth, that they have the extra day off. Tomorrow is a complete no hockey day for the wild. There'll be golf. There'll be relaxation, some stretching, back to practice on Friday big game against the other first place team. And that's going to be fun too. And like tonight, you saw a bunch of Minnesota wild fans in Denver at ball arena. You're going to see a bunch of wild fans in Vegas. It never fails out there, especially this time of year. So it's going to be another great atmosphere. I think it's going to be another terrific hockey game. And, you know, this is one of those teams where you just get so excited to watch the game. They're a special group. They play a great brand of hockey. And if you're a fan of the game, which I know we are, um, you just sit in your chair and you just can't wait to see what they're going to do next. Yeah, it's it's been just an unbelievable stretch for this team, and they just continue to find ways to get it done. And we continue to uh, to remind ourselves that they're missing some huge pieces and still finding ways to pick up these wins. So it's been a lot of fun, and it will continue on Saturday. That will conclude tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Kevin, as always, thank you so much for the time. Uh, enjoy these tremendously, getting a chance to just break down the action. We'll see how things uh, play out on Saturday, and uh, hopefully the Wild will be uh, raising that uh, that winning flag once again uh, with a chance to uh, keep their hold on first place. Listeners, make sure you're following along with Locked on Wild wherever you listen to your podcasts, also on YouTube, also on social media as we guide you through the rest of the season. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.